Welcome to episode 20 of Caucasus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus Mountains of Russia. My name's Andrew. I'm your host, Eli. And Tourist Month is plugging right along. This is our third release, correct? Third, our, our third release, our second episode, due thanks to, owing to our bonus episode from yes, last time. that's right. <laughs> We're, we're releasing all these episodes in the late March, early April timeframe, and I'm already thinking about summer. It's getting greener here. We actually, last week, had some really warm days where I didn't have to wear a coat, and then it snowed on Thursday. Then it snowed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's spring for you. That's that March. Spring. In like yeah. a lamb, out like a lion. But we're pushing through. We're getting, getting ourselves excited for the summer, tourist, tourist season coming up, and hopefully getting you guys excited as well. That's right. We had a couple interviews that we've already posted, and we're going to do a few more, but today it's just going to be Andrew and me giving you some gems of wisdom on right. tourism. No, but this is good. Yeah, this is, listeners, this episode, it really is for you, um, because I'm assuming, presuming, that some of you are actually going to come to the North Caucasus this summer, so we want to give you guys ideas of where to go and what to do when you come, not if you come, when you come. Exactly. Some of our um, places that we have tread, we have trod, and (laughs) places that we would like to. Yeah. First, we're going to kind of give you some basic, if you come to the North Caucasus, places we definitely think you should should hit up. And then we'll talk about, you know, what cool kind of cultural experiences can you do while you're here. And then uh, we're going to share some of our own personal desires, like our travel wish list for the summer, places we haven't been, we, we're really hoping to get to this summer. There's like a top 10, but it's like top 17 or something. Top three to six. Three to six-ish. In a few different categories. And if you are a serial Caucus Talk listener, and we know you're out there, there will be a little bit of repeat from our early episodes on tourism, but those were so early, and those were almost a year ago. So we're just going to briefly hit on yeah. a couple things, but we've got some new suggestions for you. So... Let's dive in. All right. All right. So listeners, if you are coming to the North Caucasus this summer as a tourist, here's a couple recommendations of places to visit. And so I have kind of my top three. And Eli, I you're more of a skier than I am. Definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the one sport that I can... You got my number. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, I the way I think of how to recommend these places is in like using skiing analogies of the levels of slopes of difficulty. Now, what does the difficulty refer to in, in this scale? Not for the skiing scale, but for the tourism scale. So this is, so ease of accessibility. And in general, the harder it is to get to a place, that means it's deeper into the Caucasus. Okay. And that means you're going to get more immersed into the culture okay. of that place. Yeah. So it has nothing to do at all with like safe or dangerous or anything like that. Or like actual slope of hills. <laughs> it's not like we're right. talking about like extreme hikes yes. necessarily. If you do the hardest one, you will fall and break your leg. <laughs> no, it's not that. So, so there's, there's physical distance hard to get to and, and cultural distance. That's right. Okay. That's right. That's our scale. And what is our scale for skiing? So the first is bunny slope, of course. Which is the green circle. Bong. Yep. And then the second is the blue slope, like intermediate. That's right. Blue square. Blue square. Chink. And then the third is the black diamond. Chink-o! That's that's the hardest. Uh, Yeah, yeah. We have no double black diamonds. But most rewarding, am I correct? Absolutely. I've never been on a black diamond slope, so I can't (laughs) speak to that. 
You yeah. might not find it rewarding quite yet, but <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> Only fell once at the top. <laughs> okay, so Bunny Slope. Uh, oh, this yeah. is the region we live in. It's the Caucasus Mineral Waters region. So uh, if you fly into the North Caucasus, the airport you'll likely fly into is the uh, Mineral Waters Airport. MRV is the airport code. And that's right here in the middle of uh, the Mineral Waters region. It's four cities, Pitigorsk, Kislovodsk, Esentuki, and Zelesnovodsk. Um, and but, if you have a hard time saying those, don't worry. We did too. Yes, took us lots of time. Uh, but uh, So these are really famous cities in Russia. Um, because for hundreds of years now, this is where uh, Russian tourists and elites and you know Writers. lots of people have come to rest, uh, particularly to take part in the local health scene, the mineral waters. Yep. Um, but they're really beautiful cities. The architecture in each city is really beautiful, um, and it's kind of all these cities are kind of a mix of Russian culture and Caucasus culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's good, like, kind of ease you in to the North Caucasus. This is where a lot of Russians would come to experience the Caucasus without going themselves deep into the Caucasus. So, yeah. yeah. And so, like, from here, you can actually see Mount Elbrus. It's about a three-hour drive, and it's really beautiful on a right. clear day. Um, but this is, like, kind of the starting point of most journeys into the Caucasus. So a lot of cool things to do here. There are some smaller mountains to hike. Yeah, so I would definitely check that out, and we live here. So if you come, you, you better give us a call so we can see you. That's right. Um, all right, so second would be, this is the Intermediate Blue Slopes, uh, and this is Mount Elbrus, specifically the valley. I know not all of you coming are coming going to actually climb Mount Elbrus, mm-hmm. but there are a lot, it's a beautiful, beautiful area, the Mount Elbrus uh, Valley. It's the Baksan Valley, it's called. And yeah. I, I have good news. Just after we release this, I am finally going to Mount Elbrus itself. Proper. Proper. You were really close. I was super weeks, close, yeah. but now I'm actually finally going there. So I can I can get some serious street cred and, we'll and give you, lose the, the flack that I get around here. We'll give you your Mount Elbrus badge. I will start on to my best. <laughs> you get a star. Um, so not just the mountain, but the valley. Yeah, like this is a beautiful, beautiful place uh, just to rest. To sightsee, um, there's waterfalls, there's great hikes you can do, um, good cultural experiences. It's, an, it's a really beautiful, kind of has awesome panorama, yeah. the mountain range. And a blue slope because it is into the Caucasus, but it's very touristy and there's people That's right. helping you go there. And-, and again, we talked about this, but you can still go up on the mountain in the cable cars, the funiculars, even if you're not going to climb it. So you still get to really experience Elbrus That's in a cool way. That's what we're going to do. Great. Yeah. So uh, definitely check that out. That's like our inter- intermediate blue slope. All righty. And then Black Diamond um, is the Towers in Ingushetia. Now, you've seen these. I've seen these. We talked about them in some previous uh, That's right. Episodes. We talked about them. Lord of the Rings at references and yeah. such. Um, now, why is this a Black Diamond? All right. So the, the main reason, I think, is it's, right, it's really close to the border of the country of Georgia. And so along the border of Georgia in the Caucasus, it's called the border zone. Like a no-go zone. It's, an, it's not a no-go zone, but you have to have a special pass for your foreigner to go there. Ah, uh, you can get into the zone. That's right. That's right. You can't get in the zone. You want to get in the zone. Uh, these are ancient, basically clusters of towers where the Ingush people, families and clans used to live. Right. And they are 
gorgeous. They're just so beautiful, and they kind of dot the landscape of the mountains. Pretty wild. And every picture I've seen, I mean, I guess it depends what season you go, but it's literally a looks like a carpet of moss. I mean, it's grass, but yeah. it's just verdant greenery, yeah. low kind of shrubs all all over the hills. Yeah, I mean, you're high there. up in the mountains. It, it's, it's amazing. It's looking. really beautiful. Yeah. Um, so this can be done. Basically, you just have to apply uh, a couple months in advance so uh, if, for if your I'm, pass. If I'm listening, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm thinking of spring for a trip, summer, fall. I have to apply. What does that mean? Who, who whom do I apply with? Can we even cover that right now? Uh, so, like, what's the front door? I would say, if you're if you're coming, if you're coming on your own, just reach out to me, and I'll I'll help. I have <laughs> the I front have door. <laughs> I got friends down there. I got contacts. Uh, but basically, you just have to submit an application um, to the local security services, and they'll they'll issue a pass. And that you would be in Russian, in. and so you would need probably help with that. That's right. Language, if you don't um, have it. Okay. And then we're gonna be releasing soon an episode talking more about the tour company. Um, yeah. Beyond Red Square, that I'm a. I'm a part of helping launch, um, but we're going to be facilitating tours into that region. So if Excellent. you're coming with our company or another company, they can do that. They should do that for you. Yeah. So we've got our bunny slope with the Pitigorsk, the Kislovodsk, KMV region. Yes. The the um, mineral waters. Kafka's mineral nivodi KMV. That's right. All right. We've got the blue, the blue intermediate slope, Elbrus Valley yeah. slash mountain. Mm-hmm. Probably not the peak. That would be like a double black. That would, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, is, that is physical difficulty. And then the black diamond English study towers. I'm going to throw on another blue. Cool. A totally other kind. It's a bit further afield, which would make it a blue, but it's very accessible. The Caspian Sea. Oh. Now, the, the thing I like about the word Caspian is like in English, you can just use it. I feel like it is used wantonly just to add a flair of like Eastern Oriental mystical yeah. wonder. You know, like uh, just, I don't know, on a menu or something, or if, like a paint color would be like Caspian Even, red. It's like, ooh, it's Caspian. Anyway. Um, I always think of the book in the Chronicles of Narnia series. Cas- Prince Caspian. Like, that's what always comes to and, mind And there's me. definitely some, <laughs> some, some uh, like, vague Eastern things in that. Anyway, yeah. um, great book, by the way. The Caspian Sea is a really fun Sea uh, to visit, and yeah. it's uh, very different from most places I've been. Being an East Coaster in the U.S., it's not an ocean; it's not the Atlantic Ocean. Mm. Um, and as I mentioned in the past, last time we went to uh, Izberbash, which is on the coast in Dagestan, yep. super accessible in terms of uh, tourism. We you can get a place on Airbnb, Booking dot com. Um, a lot of people speak English, and it's you know. It's a pretty laid back town, but there are a couple of great little restaurants, coffee huh. shops, and three or four beaches of different sorts. Okay. They've got family beaches, they've got beaches with bigger waves. And um it's it was really relaxing. People just go cool. and park it on the beach and uh it like I, I don't know quite what else to say about it. Were there other did you run into any foreigners there? Yeah, we saw some other foreigners. Okay. Definitely. Not a ton, but definitely other foreigners. And probably but the, the Dagestanis were so welcoming that's awesome yeah the beach was really uh, a, a scene of contrast when you had huh. um, traditional muslims dressed you know head to toe covered on the beach yeah and then next to them were <laughs> traditional russians <laughs> not covered head to toe in their in their speedos in <laughs> case you haven't seen russians at a beach um, they were speedos men, just the men everyone do. doing their own thing 
and yeah. it, it was a really relaxing, comfortable environment. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so and you had the Americans. I'm not going to ask what you were wearing, Eli. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my trunks on. Hey, so the uh, I want to make a point here. Um, I checked TripAdvisor for the to see like how popular are these different republics in the North Caucasus? Because I think this gives you an idea of how easy it is to get places. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to rattle through here the top location, the top with the most reviews in each republic, how many reviews it has. And this will give you an idea of like the bunny slope idea of like it's really easy to get to. And then the ones that are much just harder to get afield. to. further afield. Yeah. Okay. But maybe the best hidden gems. Andrew, good research. I'm yeah. Say, okay. Okay. So TripAdvisor, I think you guys know that website. It's a top travel review site. Uh, number one by far was the Caucasus Mineral Waters region. All the right. top reviewed place to go and the best reviewed had 893 reviews. And that's the park in Kislovodsk. Kislovodsk. Yeah. I just mouthed it to him. I so knew it. 893. And there were lots of other high ones. So that's where we live. Then the next highest was, you could probably guess this. It was Cabernet Balkaria, Mount Elbrus. Mount Elbrus. Yeah, 247 reviews. Ooh. Then the next highest was Karachai Cherkessia. Dunbai. Dunbai. Good, Eli. I'm impressed. Oh, wow. Right, right, right. Uh, and that had 231. And then the next after that, this may surprise some of you listeners, but it was Grozny Chechnya. That didn't surprise me. 203. I'm not a listener. Yeah. So we're, we're going to talk about Grozny here in a minute, but yes. Grozny is a beautiful, shiny, kind of sparkly new city. A lot of cool things to see right, there. Right. Then there's a pretty significant drop-off. So, <laughs> so these are, I want to say that's kind of the bunny slope. I would say options, yep. and that might surprise you about Grozny Chechnya, but it's accessible and lots of tourists are going there. So then the next is Adigea with uh, 138 reviews, okay. and it was a gorge there, a beautiful kind of canyon gorge. That's a little bit to the le- to the west. Yeah, it's basically from, from like the far west of the Caucasus, just north of Sochi. Like, and you and I haven't really spent much time there. No, man. South southeast of Sochi, southeast South of Sochi, east. Yeah, Adigea. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm thinking of east, east of you could say. East of there. Yeah. I'm going to go edit that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, literally probably five people <gasps> caught that. So no okay. worries. So Adigea, 138. Then at a significant drop. Now we're to number five in the North Caucasus. North Ossetia. The top reviewed place has 76 reviews. And that's the city of the dead that Maddie talked about. Dargavs. Yeah. The beautiful homes right. there. Uh the next, the second to last place is Dagestan. Well, this surprised me, but it's 62 reviews, and that's Derbent. Derbent. The, the uh, citadel there. You know, we started with that. That that's was right. one of our first episodes talking about Derbent. But honestly, I would say the reason it's so hard, this is like the far southern point of the Caucasus. It's yeah. really close to Azerbaijan, and it just, it's hard to get all the way down there. Yeah. But Dagestan has some of the coolest things in all of the Caucasus. Agreed. And then the last is Ingushetia. Can you believe this? 16 reviews. For the towers? For the towers. But man, you got to do that big process. That's and a that, pretty high wall. That, that's the issue is like, it takes a little more work to get there, but it's some of the most beautiful, cool things in the Caucasus. So uh, listeners, if we can inspire some of you guys to get to some of these, like we recommended the two hardest places, Dagestan, Izerbejbash, 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 and uh, Ingushetia. Uh, it's just because they're, Ge- geographically harder to access, but some of the most beautiful places. So are we going to rattle, run through this list of to do? I mean, that was sort of overall s- summer spots. Yeah. Are we going to hit on like, if you, if you hear what's, 
What should be on your list or could be on your list? Yeah. So this is a quick hit. Once you get here, like what are some fun cultural experiences you can have? And we've kind of hit on all these at different points. Uh, one would be climb a mountain. Climb a mountain. Yeah. Climb every mountain. Now, there's Elbrus. That's the biggest. And that's, I mean, if you're climbing Elbrus, you're coming here to do that. Right. But, I mean, there are, you can go on beautiful hikes uh, on smaller slopes. Here in Pitigorsk, we have a small mountain called Mashuk. You can climb it in about an hour at sunrise. It's really so beautiful. A, on the other end of the scale. Yes. From, and it's got a paved road all the way up it. Do you know there's actually a race at the end of April up Mashuk? I did not know that. Yeah. Cool. Think about it. Okay. Um, there's mountains all over the place. I was in Teberda last fall. Okay. And I was. That's close to Dumbai and Qatar. Right. Yeah. On the way yeah. to Dumbai. And, you know, there's just mountains everywhere. And you're going to like the main place, but we were staying a little bit down from. And I was going to the, to the little store to get some yogurt or something. And there's two men there standing on the side of the road chatting. And I struck up a conversation and they're like, these guys are like in their 60s, you know, like, come join us tomorrow. We're going to go climb that mountain. And they turn around and point to this towering peak <laughs> just right behind us. I'm like, you're just going to climb it? And like, yeah, we're just going to climb it. was like raining awesome. and there was snow. But anything like that, you just climb a mountain. Yeah. There are lots. That's awesome. Good stuff. So second would be grill out. And by that, we mean hash shashlik. Yeah. I, I'd like to say it is not yet April and Andrew has already lit a fire in the woods and, and cook some meat. We could, it was actually my wife's initiative. All right. She, she's a big Shashlik fan All too. Right. Now we did hot dogs, so it was like yeah, not, not true you're Shashlik. You're warming up to it, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was talking with a friend about this on Saturday and we were both like, oh, we can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Salivating. So do some Shashlik, uh, preferably with locals. Yeah. Um, go to a Russian banya. That's the, uh, that's the sauna bathhouse thing. Yes. Highly, highly recommended. I've started making that a regular, a regular um, stop for yeah. when we have visitors. I don't know if that sounds weird to you, listeners, but it's just <laughs> really fun, and you have to. It's like a right, uh, right of passage, right of passage. All right, let me let me just put this out there: just the elephant in the room. You don't have to do it in your birthday suit. I mean, there's this, <laughs> yeah. there's this sense. I mean, I think really Russian yeah. like guys will like. But I've, some do, but not most. I've always been modest, and even the locals I've done it with have. I mean, nobody really wants, you know. Yeah. So I'm just saying, you don't. You can put that out of your mind. You don't have to be worried. Like you have to, you know. Can I tell all. you something funny? <laughs> <laughs> the first time I ever <laughs> experienced the banya, I had to do it naked. <laughs> not my choice. But it happened. Uh, it happened. But that was the only time I ever had to. And I've told other Russians here, and they're like, that's weird. That's not. <laughs> we don't do that. You mean your guest said you have to? Yeah, this is how we do it, he said. Is he Russian? He was Russian. There you go. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> Moving right along. It's a toss-up. Now, Eli, your parents were here recently, and they did the banya. Like, what was their feedback about well, it? Well, my mom thought it meant uh, like a, a hot tub. Ah. So she was at first a little uh, disappointed. <laughs> but the place we actually reserved, we reserved a private like cedar cabin that uh-huh. is its own banya. And there was actually a hot tub in there. It was a, it was a wood paneled little tub outside. Yeah. It was tremendous. It was awesome to have cool. everything all ready for. You've got a, a common room. You've got a big table. There's a little corner with tea stuff. And then there's um, our bathroom actually had a, a marble slab, a heated marble slab for, I don't know, warming up <laughs> or massage. Our kids probably. kept getting on that. Yeah, the kids just sat on that, like, and then and the and the banya's all all heated up, ready to go. They put on the little wool hats, and 
and um, it feels so good. And then we went out and jumped in the, in the yeah, lake. This deserves it. It really deserves its own episode. There's so much to explain. I think your dad and I will forever have that bond, the Banya bond. You guys did. You guys talked business. You talked shop in the Banya. That's it. Was it was awesome. That was perfect. Yeah. Done. All right, so experience a Russian banya. Ride a horse. <laughs> We're just all over the place here. Okay, but I can just tell you, I was, I, I've been on one of the main drags in the city. Maybe I mentioned this once. It was like a rainy November night, and I look out the window. We're going up the tram. I'm in the tram, and there's a guy just riding down the street in a horse. Yesterday, I was at the coffee shop up on Proval. Um, wow. Happy coffee. And three horsemen walked, uh, rode by. <laughs> There's road by one guy had a top hat. It's Russia. It, actually, it's the Caucasus. It's the Caucasus. Yeah. I mean, horses are. I would say most people don't. Obviously, most people don't have them, but it's not sort of gimmicky to to have one. I think. People, well, especially once you get into the more like agricultural Caucasus. Right, yeah. Right. Uh, and so the Kabardine and the Karachai people, they're like really renowned for the quality of their horses. So there's lots of options if you want to just do it for an hour or you could do like a half day excursion. There's lots of cool things you could do. You know, there's actually a horse uh track. Yeah. In yeah. our town in and I horse. haven't I'm I'm going to look into like watching some races. I'm pretty sure on Sundays they race when Perfect. the weather's warmer. Um see a beautiful waterfall. So, I mean, the Caucasus is replete with amazing waterfalls. Excellent word. Um, and yeah, I was impressed when I thought of it. Um, <laughs> but, and you, the thing is, you don't have to go super deep into the mountains to, to get access to them. Well, like uh, an hour and a half. Here, like with, from Pitigorsk, there are two I'm thinking of that are about an hour and a half away that are incredible. And they are. Uh, one's called Medyovi Vadapadi, Honey Waterfalls. In Karachai, Cherkessia, and that's kind of down in this little dingle gorge, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and it, that's a whole like kind of um, complex mm-hmm. around the waterfalls. But that's really beautiful. Do you know that dingle is a real geographical feature? No, I had no idea what you meant when you said it. Yeah, you just tried to skip it. <laughs> and the other one won't be having that. Um, <laughs> there's another one. Um, it's in Kabardino Balkaria. It's called Gedmisht. That's the the local name. In Russian, it's called Tsarsky Vadapadi, like the King's Waterfalls. But uh, this is an absolutely beautiful waterfall. It's kind of like, it looks like kind of the Scottish Highlands, just lush blue, or not blue hills, <laughs> green hills all around. And oh, wow, that's a really beautiful one. And then a, a famous one is Chigim Waterfalls, probably right. two and a half hours from Pitigorsk. On the way to Elbrus. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's actually the valley past Elbrus. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. And then my last option would be, this is one of my favorites. Go to a market, an outdoor market. We call them bazaars. They call them markets. It's, you know, hundreds of local sellers Yeah, and there's just nothing like it. Yeah. I mean, it, this is when my parents came, that was one of my mom's top highlights was just visiting our local market. And we have like a, there's one close to where we live in Pitigorsk. It's not a huge market, but it kind of has a little bit of everything. And then Pitigorsk has, I think, the largest market in the all world. of the Caucasus. I mean, it has to be the world. It is so big. <laughs> Feels There's, like it. There are buses that transport people Every inside day. the market. <laughs> yeah. And so you can spend hours at these places just looking at, I mean, buy anything you want. Uh, it's a great, I like going to the markets because you meet people of so many different Caucasus nationalities here, which is really cool. And sellers are there, you know, they'll, they'll talk. Yeah. It's, you know. It's not like you're at the checkout line. Yeah. 
So you can shop or you can go just to like experience. And it. you can taste. I mean, and oh yeah, <clears throat> I've learned. You know, if I'm buying cheese. It's like, I want to taste that cheese before I buy it. Yeah. And they'll slice it off a little piece. Oh, yeah. The most impressive to me are the honey people because they sell their honey and you're They're like, very well, generous. let me taste that honey. And they don't just, they, sometimes they have little sticks that they just dip, but sometimes they give you one stick and then they do this acrobatic act with their little metal blades and they dip it in the <laughs> honey and they scrape, scrape, scrape and just away so that it just like doll this one little bit right onto your thing without ever touching. The honey people. They're kind of... I think there's a school for that. <laughs> Eli's hands were doing some cool gesticulating motions there. All right, but we got we got wish lists too. Besides the ones that we've been to, yeah. and our and our and our top our top ones, and yeah. So um, if you can come, let me just reiterate: try to do some of these things. Like they might not be like the main thing on your itinerary. You may just have in your mind, I want to see these beautiful things. But like, right. there's lots of cool experiences right. you can have. Right. Yeah. All right. What's what leads off your wish list? All right, so these are places, personally, I'm hoping to go to this summer. And just to clarify, if some of you think like all Andrew does is like travel around and see beautiful places, <laughs> uh, I work for a tourist company now. And so like, we're, we're really trying to make sure we uh, check these places out um, before we send people there. Yeah, so um, first for me, this is... Probably the top city I want to go to that I haven't been to yet in the Caucasus is Vladikavkaz. Which I have been to. Okay. Ding! Cool. Got me. <laughs> um, yeah, so Vladikavkaz is the capital of North Ossetia. Yeah. And it's, re- I mean, it's right, it's a southern city close to the border of Georgia. But this is like an ancient city in yes. Russia. Um, and again, this, is, this city has really a mix of Russian, Ossetian, um, I mean, just kind of Caucasus and, Caucasus and Russian culture, very mixed. And the, and the age is what I felt. I was just there for a night, but um, okay. in, the, in the architecture. Hmm. And I've, I don't know if, if it got spared some of the communist building renovations, but I don't recall what, like when I looked out my, the window of my hotel in the morning, there was a stunning mountain view range. Oh yeah. I mean, we live near it's the mountains, right there. but they're pretty far away there. It's dramatic. Yeah. And, um, but also just wonderful roof lines and ar- architecture and houses and stuff just kind of fill in the city. So I really yeah. like that part of it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, that's a place we're going to be having some of our tourist clients uh, basing out of for several days. And so I'm going to be spending a little more time there. So I'm excited to check that out. Um, another is the Chegim Valley, which is in, uh, Cabardino Balcoria. And so here's the bowling alley illustration. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, bowling lane illustration. So uh, Elbrus obviously is kind of like the central point, the big draw of Cabernet Balcaria. The amazing thing about this republic is there are five valleys that parallel each other. Mm-hmm. And they're all separated. I mean, kind of think of it like a bowling alley. Uh. You've got the parallel bowling lanes, except between every bowling lane, you have these huge, beautiful mountain walls. Not just bumpers, <laughs> yeah. if you bowl like yeah. I do. The best bumpers ever. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it, it's really incredible. Cabernet Balcara has five valleys like this. The, the Baksan Valley is the second. Uh, before the Baksan Valley is the, the Malka Valley. Then you have the Chagim Valley. Then you have the Cherek Valley. And then the Bezingi Valley. Well done. Yeah. And so I've been learning about this and I've been in the Chicken Valley once, but 
between the Buxan Valley, where Elbrus is, and the Chigan Valley, there's a, I think it's called an overpass. There's a road that connects the two. Mm -hmm. And apparently this road is beautiful. Once you get to close to the Chegim Valley. That's where one of the top paragliding spots is in the North Caucasus. And then that that actual Chegim Valley is beautiful. I mean, talk about just rock walls on both sides of you. There's incredible waterfalls there, the Chegim waterfalls. Um, so I'm really wanting to explore that, that valley more. Great. Yeah, the paragliding aspect. I want to drive through that overpass. Um, yeah. So, and maybe some of you guys can go with me. We have... Now, Andrew, you listed Dagestan Mountains in your North Caucasus travel wish list. That's pretty uh, generous yes. or, or general. Um, just in general, the mountains. In general, just because like, that's kind of the most remote, but also maybe the most beautiful places. This is where the most kind of ethnicities and different languages are located, but they're really hard to get to, kind of right. the far south of the Caucasus. There's one particular feature called the... Uh, Kunzak Plateau. And the pictures of this are stunning. Um, I would love to visit this one. I haven't been there, but it's for miles. You've just got this slope, slope, slope. And then like someone just took a cleaver to earth. There's this, it just drops off and it's massive plateau. And then Hmm. this huge range of cliffs that just plummet. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure they call this the Grand Canyon of Russia. No, that's, that's coming. That's okay. the last one on here. Gotcha. Um, no, this one just has like, but then you have like shepherds and villages yeah. right at the top of these wow. cliffs. People making that home. That's awesome. Yeah. So, well, that's a good transition. Uh, they, they call it kind of the Grand Canyon of Russia. It's called Bermamit, which is in Karachay-Cherkessia. It's a couple hours here from Pitigorsk, but the pictures I've seen of this are unbelievable. Uh, and it's kind of like this canyon-esque rocky overlook and then you have a beautiful view of Elbrus and kind of like the the hills and mountains surrounding it so now we have a problem because the one that i put on the list i also heard is called the grand canyon right of i feel like i've heard that about both of them oh really yeah okay so that one's called what is it berma meat berma meat and it's a canyon yeah well there's another canyon on the other side of the Caucasus in dagestan called the sulakski canyon ah along the sulak river and the Sulak is this winding snake, snaky river. Um, it kind of goes through the plains and then yeah. it cuts south. Actually, it's flowing north, but uh, if you follow it from the mouth. And uh, it opens up into a picturesque, beautiful. That's awesome. And, you know, we mentioned this um, uh, Levison Wood documentary a few yes. episodes ago, and he goes there and he says it rivals the Grand Canyon. Now, I'm going to keep my personal opinion about that to myself, but. Um, that guy's pretty well traveled. I don't know if he's been <laughs> in the Grand Canyon, but the point is it's pretty dramatic. <clears throat> you get a lot of tours there too. And there's good fishing in the Sulak. Yeah. And he's a Brit like Maddie, our um, last episode. So he's pretty authoritative when it comes to these things. At least sounds that way. Well, she went to Oxford, so that's her thing. She's definitely authoritative. Shout out to Maddie. Long live the queen. <laughs> okay, so that's cool. And then um, last one for me is, we mentioned this again in an early episode. It's the highest and so it's the lake in the Caucasus that's located the highest by sea level, and it's the deepest. It's the largest lake, largest and deepest. That just not, got three things: highest, largest, and deepest. I can't believe I just messed that up. It's not the highest; it's the largest and the deepest oh. lake in the Caucasus. But you went to the highest. No, I have not been to the highest. 
Someone you talked about the highest lake a while ago, or was it this one? I think I talked about it, and I didn't have my facts right. I re-listened to that episode. Uh, Where are fact checkers? I thought I had improved on this. I have written here largest and deepest, but this is in Chechnya. It's a couple hours from Grozny, and it's right on the border of Dagestan. But I have not been there. The pictures are unbelievable, and so I'm really it's Kezanoyam Lake Kezanoyam in Chechnya. I'm spelled this, like it sounds. This was <laughs> this was one of the top uh, like reviewed places on TripAdvisor in Chechnya. So I'm really hoping to get up there as well. Yeah. Um, so listeners. I'm giving you my word. Usually Eli is like our tech guy. He makes sure like everything really is in order when these episodes get released. We're going to have a link to pictures of all these places in the show notes. Because like, it's one thing to hear us talk about them, but you got to see how awesome they are, how beautiful they are. Yeah. Hopefully that'll give a little extra incentive. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. I think we got some shout outs, some overdue shout outs. Oh, thank that you. That we've got to give. Yes. Before we conclude this so episode. we've been, you know, we always ask for feedback and ask to hear from you and we've been hearing from more of you recently and it's been great. Um, so shout out to Dan in Washington, DC. Dan in DC. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. He, uh, Dan had some great feedback for the podcast and Dan, we're impressed, really knows the North Caucasus. He's history. a geographer. Yes. He's an official geographer. So like, yeah, that's what he does. So Dan, thanks for your feedback. He Dan us. knows what a dingle is. What did he? <laughs> I guarantee you. I'm going to email Dan about dingles. <laughs> um, so he emailed us at podcast at caucusdoc.com. Just some great feedback. Just right there. And then, uh, wow, uh, this was fascinating this week. We heard from an expat, a foreigner, who, an English speaker who lives in our city, Pitigorsk, that we didn't know. He found us through our website. This is Mark. I mean, through our, our podcast. Mark, right? Yeah, Mark. Yeah, so we don't even know where Mark's from yet, but that was like, whoa, we thought we knew all the foreigners here. That was really cool that he found us through the podcast and lives in our city. Um, so shout out to Mark. Um, I have, uh, this is a friend of mine that's been listening to the podcast, Mark in Georgia, but from Alabama. Um, so Mark in Georgia uh, reached out to us. So really glad to hear from Mark. Did we hear from anybody else? We heard from one more. I'm blanking on his name. I... Matt. 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 Another guy who found us through iTunes, right? Yeah, Podcast. just searching, searching on, the, on the interwebs. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, he's planning a trip. That's so right, with his wife with and his kid, I think. Wife and kid, yeah. So. Yeah, so if your name starts with M, <laughs> you should be uh, emailing us your feedback. Matt, Mark, um, Luke, John. Those don't start with M, but... <laughs> Yeah, come on. We love hearing from you guys. Um, so, All right, man. Well, hopefully, listeners, this was helpful for you. If you're planning a trip to the Caucasus, uh, first of all, we'd love to see you. But second of all, hopefully this gave you some practical ideas of where to go, what to do, and can help you put your itinerary together a little bit, maybe. Once again, this will be an episode for the show notes. So uh, take a look at those. The spellings will be there. Links will be there. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, well, listeners, we'll say this at the end, but we can't wait to see you here this summer. We're, we, we hope Tourism Month is getting you fired up. That's right. Uh, you're, you're checking out uh, plane tickets, working on your visa, uh, checking out, check out again the show notes for these pictures. Um, but yeah, this was episode 20 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. And we are so excited to see you when you get here.